painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today on Artbeat, we talked to Chris Hips on her film, Samaritan, that was shown at this year's Frozen River Film Festival. We talked about the inspiration behind the film, a few of the different stories featured, and how she gathered the different stories. This is KJ with Chris Hips on Artbeat. So I'm in the studio today with Chris Hips to talk about her uh, Frozen River Film Festival documentary, Samaritan. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. Beautiful sunny day. Yeah, it's so nice out. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So your film, uh, it's basically about uh, other people's stories of good people who help them in their time of needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was getting to the point, oh, go ahead. No, nope, go for it. Um, you know, I was getting really discouraged about a year and a half ago, just about the meanness in the media. And it just seemed like we were kind of in a place in this country where there was a lot of controversy, a lot of infighting, a lot of like, you know, taking sides, a lot of division. And um, I just wanted to be, I wanted to reassure myself and also to be able to reassure people out there that there are, there's all kinds of people out there doing all kinds of good things for other people for nothing, you know, just out of the kindness of their hearts. So um, I just started asking around my friends and I think I put an ad on Facebook to um, asking people if they wanted to be in this documentary and tell a story about the kind of thing that a stranger ever did for them. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting to see some of the stories that people shared Yes, and um, there were actually, I edited it down to 20 minutes. There were a few that I did not use um, because I felt like I had a lot of stories about people helping people on the road, you know, cars breaking down and then having someone help them. Um, and that was really cool, but I felt like I had a lot of those stories, so I kind of wanted to keep the variety a little, you know, just have more variety and keep it under 20 minutes because a lot of festivals are short. For a lot of festivals, they want it um, 20 minutes or under. So and then I had a longer version that I screened at a theater that I work with in Denver. So um, but it was really fun doing the project and it really kind of boosted, you know, boosted my faith in humanity again. <laughs> um, and it, it was just really cool hearing people's stories. And uh, some of them just kind of brought me to tears. So it was it was a good project. I felt like. I just felt like it was a good project for me and a good project for them, the people I interviewed and for the people who have viewed the film. Yeah, I, I, I felt that way. It, it was, it was really nice to see what some of the people did to help, uh, especially the one about, um, the lady who got the call that her father was, uh, like on his deathbed, I guess, who was very sick and stuff. And, she got well you like you said a lot of uh, broken car down stories but then that stranger mm -hmm. just came up helped her didn't say anything and she felt that was her father helping her 
Yes, Michi, I loved that story. Absolutely loved it. And um, I also loved the one about the woman who um, was visiting this family who and didn't speak English and that this woman, you know, just kind of seeing her pain and having recently lost a child just came and laid her baby in this woman's arms. And I just thought that was that one really brought me to tears. Um, I thought it was just it was just lovely, a lovely story. So, yeah, it was cool. Um, so what, what does it feel like having your film shown at Frozen River Film Festival? Oh, it was great. Cause you know, I'm a Winona native. I moved from here, um, many, many years ago. And, uh, I actually, um, my partner and I, he and I are in the process of moving here. So he's still in Denver, um, taking care of a family member. I'm here. Um, you know, we're kind of apartment hunting, house hunting, um, and it's really cool to be at, to be back in Winona. And I've been very, very impressed with the Frozen River Film Festival. It was so great, you know, on on many levels to be in this festival that's, you know, you know, comes out of the town that I grew up in. Also, that it's a documentary fest because I love documentaries. Huge documentary fan. <laughs> and uh, it was it was a really great experience. Yeah, I um, I've since coming to Winona and seeing the Frozen River, I've kind of fell in love with it too. Uh, I wasn't ever really a big documentary fan in the past, but I've come to love the art. I've made a few of my own, so. <laughs> None that I'll ever be shown, but. <laughs> you never know, you never know. Um, I made a film once that I've entered into every festival I could possibly imagine. Um, and nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. And finally, the only um, the only festival that took it, which was amazing, was the Toronto International Film Festival. So, you know, just when I was giving up on this film and thinking, oh, nobody's ever going to screen this. They're not interested in it. Then I get, you know, one of the biggest festivals and not only that, and an international festival to boot. So I, my philosophy so changed after that, that you know, just keep plugging away if it's a project you really believe in because eventually someone out there will, you know, see it for what you see it as. That's really good philosophy. I'll I'll think about mm -hmm. it. Granted, most of the stuff I've done has been, like, for school and stuff, so nothing too big. Uh, <laughs> as, yeah, we all start somewhere. So. <laughs> Yeah. So um, with Samaritan, how long did it take to like reach out, uh, do all the interviews um, and then edit the whole thing? You know, it was a process that took like a year. I never realized till I started making films how long it actually takes because <laughs> I, <laughs> I was gathering these, you know, these interviews and, you know, I would do one and then I would set something up with somebody else maybe a week or two later. And then I'm not an editor. I have a friend who is an amazing editor named Drew McCullough in Denver who has edited all my stuff, but he got so busy because he got really popular. And so I actually learned how to edit, bought myself an editing program, and then edited Samaritan myself. So it that process took a bit because I had to learn how to do it first. It was a lot of trial and error. But um, it's nice to have that control now where I can actually sit down and edit my projects instead of, you know, giving it to someone else and being like, well, yeah, cut here, cut here, cut there. And then, you know, they have their ideas about it, too. So. Um, so, yeah, it took it took over a year, definitely, from start to finish. 
Yeah, that's not that's not actually too bad of a length of time either. I mean, if you think about it, like yeah. some like actually big blockbuster films, they take years to edit. Oh yeah, yeah. I I did a um a feature film, a horror film, years ago, kind of a horror horror comedy film, and I think from the first. You know, just from, you know, writing the script to finally getting it edited and finished was probably, it was four years. Oh, wow. Three or four years. <laughs> till we finally got, it, about three and a half years till we finally, it was ready to actually start entering into festivals. And we did get several festival screenings. But yeah, that I'll, I, I don't think I can ever do a feature again. Um, <laughs> it was so much work and it took so long and so many people involved and, yeah, I'm all about short films now. <laughs> <laughs> Less work in the end. Yep. Yeah, but, yep. but short films, I mean, a lot of people, like, attention spans wane, especially if they're not too interested. But if it's a short film, like, you'll be interested because it's so short. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is the advantage, too, is that, you know, it takes less time. And then also the advantage with documentaries that I've really found is that, you know, with a feature film or a comic short, you know, a narrative short, you've got to hire actors, you've got to feed them on set, you have to have, you know, multiple camera people so you can get multiple angles. But it's been really freeing for me to start doing my own documentaries with just me and a good camera. I invested in a good camera, me and my camera and just people that I interview. You know, because for someone to, it's much easier for someone to commit to a 10, 15 minute interview than it is for them to commit to several days of shooting. Mm -hmm. So that, that just, you know, and it's, let's face it, a lot cheaper. Yes. So, yeah, but I do try to pay, you know, I always paid my actors, you know, or at least try to, and, um, or gave a percentage, you know, of any profit and, uh, but with the Samaritan documentary, people were very willing to just donate their time and get their stories out there, which was really cool. So, yeah, I, I really I feel like I found the medium that I'm I'm best for mm-hmm. in, in documentary shorts. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that. So you're moving back here to Nona. Welcome back to the community. Thanks. Um, so was Samaritan filmed here or back in Colorado? It was filmed in both places. Um, I come and visit back and forth because I have a lot of family here. Um, my film production company, Paper Cat Films, was based in Denver, but I came here on a vacation and interviewed a few of the people actually on the porch that I'm sitting in right now. Um, <laughs> I did two interviews. So, you know, I was traveling, you know, coming here for vacations and also just, you know, Facebooking my friends here and saying, hey, do you know anyone who has a story? And um, the guy who had the story about Iraq, about his wife having their first child, which I love that story. A friend of mine here um, said, you know, I don't have a story, but I know a guy who has a great story. So she hooked me up with him. Um, so it was it was fun to network too, you know, to find these people. So, yeah, it was shot between Denver and um, and Winona. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Um, so you mentioned, uh, paper cat films. Can you tell us more about, so do you just work with them? Uh, what's the deal with that? Well, it's my company, um, in, 
for five years in Denver, I ran a theater company called Paper Cat Theater Company. Then we started doing films too. That was the company, you know, in which we did the horror film and we did some narrative shorts. So then it became Paper Cat Media Arts. And now because I'm just, I'm not doing theater work anymore. Um, I just kind of got in, I used to love it. I just kind of got exhausted on it. Now that I'm just doing films, it's Paper Cat Films. So it came from when I was a kid, I was in love with this Halloween decoration of my mother's. <laughs> and it was one of those cardboard cats that had like jointed legs and tail. And for whatever reason, when I was really small, like three, I loved that Halloween decoration. And I used to carry it around with me like it was a real cat. So I just thought that that's how I came up with the name Paper Cat. And the logo is a black cat. And uh, so, yeah, it's really kind of um, over the years, it's changed a lot and, you know, been reborn into different companies. But now I think Paper Cat Films is, that's it. And so it's just me. Um, I used to have a crew in Denver. Now that I'm here in Winona, it's just me. And I hope to, you know, find some people to work with to kind of bring in. Um, but, you know, with COVID, it's hard yeah, right now. It is. Yeah. But hey, here here you go. If anyone's interested, <laughs> he can reach out to you. We're on Facebook, Paper Cat Films. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we always go for the plugins. Uh huh. <laughs> um, great. So you mentioned we mentioned a few of the stories in Samaritan, um, and you mentioned that a lot of them have been your favorite, which is understandable. It's it the film's your baby. Of course, you'd love it all. Mm -hmm. Um. But I got to ask, what, what story touched your heart the most? I think it was the one, like I mentioned, the woman with the baby. Um, I just got tears in my eyes on that one. And then also um, Robbie Lee Coleman, she was the one who talked about she her baby came prematurely and she wanted to hire a photographer and she wasn't able to. Um, and then this nurse just took pictures on her phone <laughs> and then told her afterwards because she was, she was out while she was having... Um, Great that this nurse took these pictures and offered them to her. That one really touched me too, because she was so disappointed, you know, that she didn't get to have this birth photographer. And the fact that this nurse just kind of sensed that she would want these photos and took them on her phone and then told her about it. I thought that one was really sweet too. Yeah. And then, That's yeah. And then the fact that they, they're still in contact with each other. I thought that was cool. Yes, yes absolutely. So, and she was a friend of mine that, uh, that told that story. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And some people were just like, you know, we had a shop at the time. Um, my partner, Matt and I owned an oddity and magic shop. He's a magician. And so some of the people, if you noticed probably in the film that there's kind of a weird background with some of the people interviewed, um, that's our magic and oddity shop. We sold magic tricks, vintage magic, odd, strange, unusual things. So in some of the people, the people that customers that came into the shop, I would just say to them, Hey, I'm doing this documentary about the kindness of strangers. Do you have a story? And they, you know, so about five or six of them are just people who were customers that came into the shop that were just glad to oblige and tell a story. This is really fun. That's, that's awesome. So that's why I love you see like an alien skull under glass in the background I think <laughs> yeah I I had noticed the background and I was curious <laughs> to find out what it was because I was just thinking it was like maybe like a tattoo parlor or something <laughs> it does look like it yeah. 
but a magic shop mm-hmm. and oddities that's actually really cool and it was great because the project I did after that really similar called tell me a scary story I asked several people just to tell me the scariest thing that ever happened to them and we had all this creepy stuff in our shop so it was nice to have that stuff in the background and some of the stories are really funny some of them creepy um but it's just like you know scary babysitting stories um, and, it, and it was really fun. So it was great to have that background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, so obviously Samaritan's not your only uh, film, uh, as you've mentioned a bunch of other stuff. Uh, do you have any al- other films that are currently in the works? You know, I've been kind of throwing around ideas. Uh, it's weird because, you know, I kind of got to put together a list of ideas, but I think until the pandemic is a little more under control, I probably won't start a new project, you know, besides just the, you know, brainstorming stage because, um, and and I know this from some of the other films in the festival, you know, interviews to interview someone without a mask. You know, I know that with some instances, they basically just set the camera, you know, walked away and let the camera interview Mm -hmm. the person without a mask on. But, um, because I like to kind of interact with my interviewees, that wouldn't really work for me. So, but I did, I definitely like this interview format. I think it's really fun. So now I've got this, you know, tell me the kind of thing a stranger did for you. Tell me the scariest thing that ever happened to you. Um, and then I would like to do one. I'm throwing around the idea of tell me the kindest thing you've ever done for a stranger or tell me, tell me the, what you feel is the kindest thing you ever did in your life. Or the the thing that you're the most proud of. I, I love to hear people's stories, and and I really think I'm going to stick with that format. Yeah, it, it it seems like a really nice format. I I really I really liked it because I'm a I'm a journalism major, so I do a lot of interviews and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So I always mm-hmm. I always feel like you you really need to have a connection with the person you're interviewing. Otherwise, it's it's just it's not going to turn out the same. Absolutely, I I absolutely agree. Yeah, and some of the people where they would just like leave the camera and walk away and just let it happen. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm similar with you. Like, I, I can't do that. I, I have to, I have to be yeah. right in the middle of it. Yeah, and you know they were further back and stuff just to to make it safe. Which I think that's really all you could do right now during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and um, so I feel like that's why I'll probably wait. You know, and watching the films. Because I remember thinking, how did they interview that person without a mask on? So I, I really admire them for, you know, just going ahead and going for it and putting out this project that was really cool. Um, but also my camera, I don't usually use a, a body mic with people. I use my in-camera mic. So in um, uh, yeah. that, you kind of have to be there. And I also like to zoom in sometimes and out. And I don't have a remote on my camera right now. I'm there. <laughs> but um Yeah. So, you know, but I'm really optimistic about spring and summer and, you know, all the vaccines are rolling out and, you know, I just feel like we're on a good path and that by, you know, late spring, early summer, I feel like I could start another project for sure. For sure. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to do something about coming back to Winona and, you know, just kind of re-exploring the town that I grew up in because I moved away from here, you know, when I was still in my teens, you know, I went off to college and then, you know, I would come back and forth, but from there, I just, 
you know, went to college, then went to school in Kansas, then moved to Chicago, then moved to Denver. And now being back here is really cool. And I was thinking that might make a fun project about, you know, someone who you grow up in a small town and then you go live, go live in multiple large cities and then coming back, what it's like to come back to a smaller town and, you know, just something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in my noggin, but it's totally formed. Yet. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a cool idea. I mean, you could even possibly mm-hmm. do like, um, try and like, remember like old favorite spots that you visited when you were younger and then possibly, I mean, they might not be there anymore. Like, oh, absolutely. And yeah, that's a great idea. And I actually was thinking about that because yeah, a lot of some of my favorite places are not there anymore. You know, when I was a kid, um, there was, you know, there was a beach on the river when I was really small and, you know, that's gone. There was actually a beach house there. And yeah, some of the places and, and like just some of the new places that I think are really cool. And, you know, when I was growing up, there was only one bridge. Now there's two. So just, yeah, things across the city. So things like that, you know, it's been fun re-exploring around here. Yeah, that does seem fun. Um, is there anything you want the viewers of Samaritan to take away from the film? You know, I just want people to go out and do the same thing. Ask your friends, ask family members, ask people in the street, ask people you work with. You know, what's the nicest thing anybody ever did for you? And just so that we all remind ourselves constantly that it's not just division. It's not just, you know, one party against another, that we're all human beings and we're all in this together. And, you know, there are people doing wonderful things out there for other people and that we all need to remember that that's what we're here for is to help each other, you know? So, so that's what I'm hoping that people a are reminded that there's so many good things happening out there and B that they, you know, start themselves start, you know, helping others or yeah, it would be great if my film prompted someone to just do something really nice for someone else. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I, like I said, I really enjoyed the film. I, I, it got me thinking like what, what people have done for me, what I've done for people. So it, I think Mm -hmm. it worked pretty good. Yeah. And I was an interesting thing. I loved looking up the quotes too, finding all those different quotes about kindness. And I noticed that one of my quotes about kindness was used in one of the other frozen river films. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, wow, great minds think alike. Um, (laughs) But we both have the same quote. And I think we both ended our, both ended our documentaries with that same quote, if I'm not mistaken. So so that's kind of cool, you know, see that somebody else and wanted to include it in their film. Mm, Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so actually speaking of the quotes, uh, you, you, so you just looked them all up online just to find ones that showed like kindness and stuff. Some of them were favorites of mine that I've always, you know, just kind of kept, you know, in the back of my mind quotes. Sometimes I write down cool quotes, you know, in a little book that I have. And then some of them, yeah, I just actually went online and said, you know, quotes about kindness and found just tons and tons of them. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's the great thing about this day age is that you can find anything online. True. And, yeah, so, yeah, that was that was the, an easy part. But there were so many. The hard part was, you know, Choosing. figuring out which one to use. Yeah, so many. Yeah, I, I, I get that. It, choosing's hard, man. 
<laughs> yep. Um, so I guess final question, how can people find more about you, uh, Paper Cat Films, and about your documentary, Samaritan, if they haven't seen it already? Okay, um, well, we have our, I, I'm in the midst of, I'm going to be launching a new website. I don't have a website right now. I've taken it down. But um, we are Paper Cat Films on Facebook, and it's separate words, Paper Cat. And because uh, some people think it's P-A-P-E-R-C-A-T. Anyway, so we're on Facebook. And then right now, um, because Samaritan was playing in a festival, I have it on YouTube, but I made it private. So I will be putting it public again. Um, just because I, I just want as many people to see it as possible. I don't care if I don't get paid for it. I, I don't do this to get paid. Um, you know, I have another job that where I make a living at so that I don't have to be pressured to do so much commercial work, you know. And um, I really would like to take the film into some church groups and schools to, to screen it after COVID, you know, right now mm-hmm. it's kind of tough. So, um, so yeah, I, I put all my links to my films and I, I pretty much, you know, nowadays it's like a lot of people have replaced a website with a Facebook page. And so anything anybody would want to know about the company they can find on our page. And then also information about other films that I've done links to short films that I've done, things like that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for uh, talking with me today. It's It's been great. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you, too. I did, too. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Chris Hips for the interview. To learn more about Chris and her film, go to her Facebook page, Paper Cat Films. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Artbeat, go to kqal.org and click the podcast tab. This is KJ on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.